at our best selves, when we really are running in our lanes and we really are respecting each other for who they are, each other is, and they bring to the table, it really actually works beautiful, especially as consultants, because I'm an extrovert. Jason's an introvert. I, we bring very different like views and problem solving abilities to the world. So at our best days, we're a very like whole person. Like we're a one, like this team, because he sees it very right brain. I see very left brain. Um, and we really are just trying, I think, constantly to like keep leaning into that. I mean, really practically, 2019, we started doing date nights like every Friday night religiously because we almost started becoming like colleagues the last couple of years. We were just trying to make the business work and our marriage wasn't um, on a weekly basis. Like, you know, and that's a big investment. We have to pay for a sitter every week, all that stuff. But we were like, if, Team DeMeo, like if Hillary and Jason falls apart, the marriage doesn't work, the whole business is going to crumble. Mm-hmm. And we're not willing to sacrifice. We started this business to help us have freedom, help us be incredible co-parenters, help us to live this life. So it's like, if this business is just sucking us of everything, like what, what's the point? You know, like we're, it's not worth it. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA All-Star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. We're back. You and me. Back together again, baby. The dynamic duo it was so good so good having you back i mean do you think someday they'll put us in the category of you know the dynamic duos of our age what? like a duo a marriage duo that just can't be stopped oh well that's exciting i was thinking about that you're kind of like my uh you're like my bonnie i'm clyde <laughs> what are we maybe i'm like jordan you're pippin oh what? Think about these people. I mean, you're we're basically Why do I like gotta be Pippin. Yin and Yang. <laughs> Batman and Robin. If we if we were Batman and Robin, which would you be? Uh, neither. Hmm. I don't know. You're giving me all bad you examples. Cat, what was it? Cat what was the cat one of that? Cat, <laughs> Catwoman? Catwoman. I feel like you're losing Joe your... Montana, Jerry Rice. <laughs> What? We are on track, aren't we? No, we're not. You're totally going off somewhere else. Jay-Z, Beyonce. Oh, now there I can handle being the queen bee, but that's about it. <laughs> I can handle being the queen. How about... Um, I can resonate with that feeling. How about Barack and Michelle? I mean, I love them. Yeah. Love them. Anyway, okay. all I have to say, can you know, we it, get on? Tra- no, I, I'm just bringing this up because you did a couple interviews without me. Yeah, are and you if, feeling can, insecure about this? No, not at all. I'm uh, very thankful you did it. It was, it was, it, it kept us on track. But I could sense after I was listening to, I just, I was thinking about it this morning, and it just didn't have the magic, you know. <laughs> And I'm not saying that I bring the magic. You are not, actually no. No, no, saying no, 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 no. that. I think you are. No, I'm just. I'm saying that the magic happens when we're together. Oh, you are so nice and sweet. So we're back. We're back. So back together. Can we talk about who we're talking to today? Yeah, but I just wanted to bring that up, <laughs> put it out there. If you're listening, you agree. Raise your hand. I don't see you, but I feel you. <laughs> oh, Matt, I don't raising see his you, hand. but I feel. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. 
All right. So today we have Jason and Hillary DeMeo. They are co-founders of We Are Curio, mm-hmm. which is an innovation studio that solves problems and designs better futures. They are based out of Lakeland, Florida. Close. A little close. Yeah. Close. What? They're down in Florida. I mean... It's like 10 it's, hours from here. It's like the next state over. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lakeland, Florida is a 10-hour drive. Anyways, they're crazy creative. <laughs> they had so much good stuff. See, the magic is back. The magic is back! <laughs> very creative. Very great, great stuff to go through. And so many pages of notes that I have. So what should we be listening for? Three things. First of all, Geico... Uh, secondly, which is my favorite. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? No, don't, don't franchise the white rapper. (laughs) And number three, be listening for a conversation that I think everyone needs to hear around gender roles. Yes. This was really, really good interview. Putting it out there. All right. Here they are. Jason and Hillary DeMeo. With all the magic. Hillary and I met first day at college. I was a transfer student. She was uh, a freshman and uh, a friend of mine, she was sitting right next to, and I was sitting directly behind her. And I was like, okay, she's like really pretty. And so that was my first thing. And I don't know, there was something, I don't, I don't, I try not to say it was like love at first sight because I'm not sure it was, but it definitely was like interest at first sight. And I like introduced myself. I was trying to find ways to put myself in, Hillary's orbit. I joined like her, her freshman class president team. I couldn't <laughs> care less about like student government, like, any of that kind of stuff. But I was just kind of showing up everywhere. Um, we were talking about hip hop earlier. I actually embarrassingly had a, a, a rap album. Uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> so fran- franchise over here, which yeah, I actually no. just found it in the shed. And now we have like a CD player in our car. So we've been jamming to some franchise. Uh, yeah, franchise was the name, not like franchise, like I-C-E. <laughs> and I'm this like farm girl from Ohio, formerly like the beef queen. And I'm like, wait, you rap? Like, I don't understand. And so he thought it might like pay him some uh, success here. If he like knocked on my dorm window and gave me the CD through the window and me and my uh, roommate lit just like click, click, click through all the like, okay, like who is this guy? So I was trying to make an impression. I was a marketing major. So yeah. I'm like, well, how can I make her stand think- apart, yeah, stand apart, <laughs> make her think of me? So I was like, if I give her an album, like certainly no one else has done that. No, I will say that is the first so, I've got an album. It worked. Hang yeah. on. It worked. Franchise was not a, a loss, for, for, but I called him the <laughs> got wi- me a wife. I called him the white rapper for like the longest time in my phone until we like dated, and then he kept reappearing. And so I'm like, okay, this guy's cute, charming, like persistent. <laughs> so then we all decided our friends for Halloween because it was like we just met in August that we were gonna pick guys to go to a haunted house with. And so Jason was my 007 um, and he found out. So we might have all as girls at a Christian college, mind you, that we were going to get these guys to take us to a haunted house and we were going to make out with them. So Jason finds out. You got goals. You got goals. Yeah, I like it. Okay, mind you, I'm like barely a Christian at this point in life. So I'm like, 
I just, you know, I was glad to be there. Well, so. I was definitely a Christian. And as soon as I found out that, <laughs> that she wanted to make out with me, I was like, I can make that wish happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so pretty much I was like, <laughs> game on. So she, I was trying to figure out if she was interested in me. And so I'm like trying to work the network of friends to be like, Hey, is Hillary interested in me? And then my friend told me, she's like, well, you're her 007. And I was like, what does that mean? And then she told me, and I was like, oh, this is, this is too easy. Like yeah, now I, yeah. now I know I'm going to get her to like me. So, yeah. so anyway. we made out all for a long time. <laughs> We've been making out ever since. So yeah, we went to the haunted house yep. and then we started dating our, like literally that October. And then, um, yeah, dated all through school. And it was serious. And then I graduated like three and a half years in college so that we could like, you know, do the married thing. Yep. So we've been married like 50 or I don't even know. 14? 13. We don't even know. 13 years. We've Somewhere. been together like 15, 16 years. We've been together. So yeah. the cool thing is we met young, 18 and 19, got married at 20 and 21 and just like literally grew up in essence together. So yeah, yeah from a CD to haunted house, here we are. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's so yeah. young. I mean, yes. you know, nowadays, like it, the statistics are showing that like the age of marriage is like way older now, you know, most right. people are getting married thirties or something. What, I mean, what do you think in terms of like getting married young versus what you're seeing now with so many getting married later? What What's like the good, the bad, what do you think? There's definitely good and bad to our story. One, and mm-hmm. that like we have so much history together that like Hillary said, like we literally grew up together. We've formed our mindsets about the world, mm-hmm. our theology, you know, like just everything, our approach has been shaped together. Um, so that's great now that we're, you know, 35. Yeah. <laughs> but, in addition, yeah. like our family is all up north. So we were like two young kids, like surviving in Florida, you know, a thousand miles. So he's from Pittsburgh and I'm we from Cincinnati. So we didn't have the whole call mom and dad, go sleep at their house. You know, like we had to get our crap together, like, and the, especially in the beginning, um, we didn't have any exit strategies. Like it was like, make it together, which helped us, I think, form this really, really deep bond together. Like we're, we're all in. Um, but I think we have identified that we brought some bad like habits and just communication and different things like bad habits into the relationship just because we were just immature. Like our frontal lobes weren't even developed. Like We just shouldn't have been married. Like what were we doing? (laughs) Yeah. There's like times where it's like, man, maybe it would have been better if we'd have waited a few years, but then also it's like, and I think the reason is because we just didn't totally have our identities together. We're in early twenties that we literally had to figure all that out together. So that made for a lot of fights, a lot of conflict in that early season and just a lot of personal angst, not, not knowing who you are. So doing that together with another person caused, you know, a lot of, I don't know if the word's problems, but it just... Or just a pain that pain, maybe yeah. people don't experience when you get married later. So, I mean, I can respect both sides of, you know, <clears throat> each person's like story. Um, but we, we made it work. It was hard at times for sure. Um, but it was also beautiful. Yeah. It's like that we get, we got to have that together. So I think if you are young hopefully you're, you're, you're more mature and you're willing to like know what you're getting yourself into. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be, a, maybe, uh, maybe not for everybody, but for us, it was a rocky road to kind of get to where we're at. Make sure you have the right people around you, the right mentors that can kind of help you move mm-hmm. through those seasons because I definitely think it's harder. But then on the flip side, right. I see a lot of friends now who are older 
and are having trouble, you know, finding a spouse or whatever. And I, th- I think we were kind of like the last generation mm-hmm. of not being on social media, yeah. um, mm-hmm. where it was like, whoever was in your immediate environment yeah. was your, who you could pick from yeah, your yeah. pool, <laughs> your friend circle. Yeah. yeah. You like actually didn't suffer from this like decision pr- paralysis because like so many people nowadays, it's like you could hypothetically marry anybody on the internet. You could connect with them. So you're comparing to so many match, but your real life doesn't. Right. You're comparing to so many people that it kind of paralyzes you. So I've seen a little bit of that where it was like, you know, um, people just get paralyzed because Mm. they have so many options of people to pick. Mm. One thing I will say too, though, we have a deep appreciation for each other's like identity stories because we walked through it firsthand. So I do think getting married young if you have the mindset that you are willing to like, Mm -hmm. you know, just really go the course with somebody. I have like such an deep appreciation for Jason as he's, you know, had multiple iterations of finding himself and me too, like through healing, through trauma therapy, through counseling, through spiritual direction. Like we've walked through all of this with each other. So it's not like I'm just telling him a story of my twenties. Like he is there and deeply appreciates who I am Mm -hmm. now. And Mm -hmm. same, like I deeply appreciate him because I saw him do the work, but mm. just married in your twenties and just stay that person, mm. then it could be really painful for the forties year old version of yourself. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, you guys, as you were talking about, I could, I could see your eyes moving really fast. You were thinking you're, you're considering like these moments. <laughs> I, I could see you like playing out in your head, these moments that were transformative for the two of you. I, I'm curious if you'd be open to sharing a story uh, with us that was like, man, this was a moment in our marriage that was transformative and turned us into better humans or that, that, that pushed us forward into a better relationship. Is there, is there a story or moment that you guys can remember that was like, man, this was, this was life changing for us. Just realizing that I was an introvert mm-hmm. was a huge initial moment. Yeah. I would say like mid twenties was probably the biggest transformative change that I get my energy from being away from people and mm-hmm. not with people um, really helped me a lot. So I would even say personal assessments have, yes, maybe that's just my personality type. I know it's helped you too, mm-hmm. but personal assessments have helped me grow so much, whether now it's like, I mean, everybody's doing it, but the Enneagram has been like huge in helping mm-hmm. us like communication, what our strengths and weaknesses are, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also Myers-Briggs was probably the second biggest yeah. for me. Um, and just realizing that and then starting the journey of understanding like, okay, what what are your needs and, and how do you manage those um, was one off the top of my head. Yeah, absolutely. One big realization for me, gosh, we were probably married like, it was like probably five, seven years. And I have um, just like an incredible friend. She's a mentor. Um, she just sat with me and it was just, we were just going through a lot of, you know, just like conflict and just like fighting and like, just feeling like your world's just caving in on you. Like, does everybody go through, through this? And honestly, a lot of our friends weren't married or even for the length of time at that point, you know, we're like mid twenties and I've been married five, six, seven years at that point. So it's like, that's, you know, a lot of our friends were just getting married. And I, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't know how to be married. I didn't necessarily see the best marriages. And so, and for her to like, like, I remember we were sitting in a booth and I was just crying. I was just so like hopeless and her to look across the table and say, like, everybody goes through this. Like you are completely normal and like, don't give up. And she was like, so many people 
are on the brink of quitting, but nobody tells them that this is like actually the journey of like marriage and finding yourself. And because you just, you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. And so for me, it was like, I, I thought that we were like, our marriage was just like crumbling. And, and really she was like, no, you're just learning who you are and you're learning communication and you're learning like how to have new careers. And we got our master, you know, it's all this stress and, you know, um, remodeling a house and just doing all this like crazy. And for her to look in, like, it gave me just like such a sigh of relief and like let some of the pressure out of the valve. So we didn't just keep exploding. Like I felt like we both were just living with so much pressure in life and on mm-hmm. ourselves. And for her to look and just say, no, you're doing better than you think. Like ever, I've been like, she'd been through it. You know, lots of people go through it, but they just feel like they give up because nobody tells them that this is part of like life and marriage. And so they get divorced where the other half maybe just keeps going, but nobody talks about the fact that this is how you like, this is, this is part of the refinement process. So that like really helped. And then it allowed me to just keep conversations so brutally honest with her. And that changed my life. Cause I thought for that point, I was journeying as a young wife on my own and didn't know what to talk about or what was normal. And then it, it normalized like just the hardship or just, just the reality of marriage, honestly. Mm-hmm. So that was huge for me. Good. Like that community being so important to have outside of your spouse too, just to, especially your experience as a woman in this and everything too, which is so, so important. I love that. I was going to add one more just quick, kind of, I mean, it was transformational, but it was a hard process for us to arrive at is I think moving from very um, traditional Mm-hmm. gender roles uh, that had been displayed for us. Mm-hmm. Um, very like high complementarian kind of style of leadership in the home. And I, I don't know that I, I, I'm even on the podcast, I'm not trying to necessarily take a, a stance on either side, but to me, complementarianism means that, you know, for me personally, men or women are very different. Men typically are the head of the household. They, they lead things. They get the last say on things. A lot of times in it's seemingly in complementarian households, the man is kind of more responsible for the work. The, the wife is more responsible for the family kind of thing. So to me, that's kind of what it meant to me. That's like what you saw growing up. And that's kind of how you kind of came into marriage with those Yes. Thoughts. Okay. Conceptions yeah. or concepts. Yeah. Okay. So how did that start to change and evolve for y'all? You know, personally, I think we both just felt like it was armor that got laid on us that, that didn't fit us personally. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't, it wasn't really helpful for us. Like Hillary is a really strong leader <laughs> and like you know, empathetic, like emotional person, mm-hmm. like to not stereotype either one of us, but just right. like we didn't really fit these molds that were kind of given mm-hmm. to us, but we didn't really know what the next model was either. Cause no one had really shown that mm-hmm. to us outside of just watching people in culture or in uh, other, you know, circles. So I think we just started doing what was pragmatically best for us mm-hmm. and leaving the like theological or the kind of like um, handed down to us uh, way of doing things aside. And we just started to notice that personally that that worked better for us. Like, what are you good at? Do that. Mm-hmm. What am I good at? I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll try to work on everything mm-hmm. together. And I think it served us really well. Um, it's made us become more one, mm-hmm. I think, as a couple. 
And I think it's set us up for what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do work-wise, calling-wise, career-wise, parenting. parenting is an extension of both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we've moved more towards that, you know, just, I don't know if it's uh, egalitarian or whatever, that's kind of the other side of the coin where it's like, you know, you just kind of operate out of what you're gifted at, regardless of your gender, at least is the way I would probably categorize mm-hmm. it. I think we probably lean more towards that without any disparaging of other people who find it another way. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, you know, give a different spin or is that kind of your... No, I, I would, I would agree with that. So. Yeah. I'm the head of the household. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to compliment. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I think one of the most like beautiful moments in life I remember having, it just really impacted me deeply was when we were having our daughter and I was trying to navigate, do I keep working? Do I step away? Do I go part-time? Just what I do. And I'll never forget. I was on the phone with Jason and he was like, you know, the world is a better place with you leading and you using your voice and gifts, like regardless of what that looks like. And it was like, you're right. And so I, you know, navigated what did that really look like for me to, you know, keep using my gifts. It didn't mean it had to be in a 40 hour work week setting or any, but I definitely have always felt that support um, and permission giving and I really, um, it's empowering for me. And it really takes the pressure, I think, off of both yeah. of us to carry this thing solo. We yeah. really shoulder life together. Like, mm, um, that's a great point. from the business to Eliana to, I mean, everything, like if we, I mean, we've remodeled like a 1929 historic home and literally like did the craziest thing together with that. I mean, so we're just really in the thick of life together. I, I, I don't want to keep talking too much, but I just want to add one thing to that because I thought it was so good that not only does it, I think, empower you yeah. in that, that form of leadership that we're trying to do as a family, but it also allows for not, yeah, like taking the pressure off the man or whatever of these like cultural things that are like, you got to make all the money. You got to do all the leadership. You got to do all this. And I think a lot of guys are like, ah, like yeah. I don't want to do all that. And I don't even know how to do all that. So to me, it, it was such a blessing too mm-hmm. to not like, oh, I'm, I'm in charge of all this stuff and you do what I say. Like mm-hmm. it was actually such a blessing to me too, um, to be empowered in that way. So mm-hmm. anyway. Mm, so beautiful. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And, and I want to move forward a little bit cause you guys alluded to this. I mean, you guys are in business together and mm-hmm. work together and work in your home that you renovated and you know, all well, first of all, do you ever a lot of together? That's a lot of together. I which, don't know if you and I had bank it. <laughs> we would, <laughs> we got one day together and I feel like we're doing pretty good, but more than that one day, I don't know. I don't know, babe. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I would love it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah, uh, exactly. So how have you guys figured that out? Like you're doing, I mean, obviously you guys are, you, you can tell very quickly you're a good tandem you're in this together, but there has got to be times where it's like conflict emerges. As I understand, I think the two of you, like Jason, you're definitely the creative and Mm -hmm. Hillary, you're definitely like the organized person, the, the leader that I'm getting, is that a good, uh, how have you guys figured that out working together? Well, I feel like we've really 
I, I would say honestly, in the, and we, we, I was just sharing the story the other day, but we did not set out to start the business together necessarily. Like Jason started, we are curio. And then long story short, I jumped on board like six months. I helped him in the beginning, like, but I still had another job and I just had a baby. So the intent was for me to come alongside and help him with it in like a strategy way and using my gifts and kind of build a team, but not quit my job. So that was just like a huge leap of faith. Mm-hmm. We pushed all the chips in. We were going to like live off of our savings for six months. And um, just j- then I jumped at the last minute and we both like started the business or con- like I can helped continue the business. And so mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that we were necessarily super strategic in the beginning about recognizing each other's strengths. We were just trying to make money and make the business work, to be honest. Like it was like, let's get in and just figure out what this thing is. But over the last four years, there's been, I mean, definitely clashings. Like even just how do you handle conflict in a staff meeting when you don't agree with each other? Mm-hmm. And we didn't always <laughs> do that beautifully. It's like mm-hmm. we would embarrass our team or embarrass ourselves and have to come back <laughs> to our staff and apologize and yeah. say like, hey, we didn't handle that well. Or we didn't know, you know, um, even some... Yeah, we're sorry. Our, our marriage relationship yeah. got in the way of business for you. You know, yeah. it's like... It's just, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> and yeah. And so I do think that we have, um, are learning. So we don't have a CEO of the company. We both, um, so I'm like the chief strategy officer and Jason's the chief innovate, innovative officer, innovation officer. And so it's really, um, the business isn't like both of our names. So at our best selves, when we really are running in our lanes and we really are respecting each other for who they are, each other is, and they bring to the table, it really actually works beautiful, especially as consultants, because I'm an extrovert. Jason's an introvert. I, we bring very different like views and problem-solving abilities to the world. So at our best days, we're a very like whole person. Like we're a one, like this team, because he sees it very right brain. I see very left brain. Um, and we really are just trying, I think, constantly to like keep leaning into that. I mean, really practically, 2019, we started doing date nights like every Friday night religiously because we almost started becoming like colleagues the last couple of years. We were just trying to make the business work and our marriage wasn't um, on a weekly basis. Like, you know, and that's a big investment. We have to pay for a sitter every week, all that stuff. But we were like, if, Team to Mayo, like if Hillary and Jason falls apart, the marriage doesn't work, the whole business is going to crumble. Mm-hmm. And we're not willing to sacrifice. We started this business to help us have freedom, help us be incredible co-parenters, help us to live this life. So it's like, if this business is just sucking us of everything, like what, what's the point? You know, like we're, it's not worth it. So, but now on the flip side, I feel like our marriage has had a lot of intentionality, but now we're trying to be strategic as, um, like co-founders together. So now we're starting weekly strategic, like just Jason and Hillary staff meetings before we have our staff meetings, because as much as we, we don't, we want to be really strategic about like the business side of things as well as we have our marriage, but we've had to really push the pause button on some areas because Mm -hmm. I'm a pusher and I'll push and push and push us to grow. And it will really lead Jason to like not be able to be as creative and I've had enough. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll check out. How has the Friday night date thing, uh, how has it changed things for you? It just gives us space. Like it just, all the, all the health stuff for me, like relational health and personal health as a creative person, as a little bit more artistic person, as a spontaneous type person, to me, it all comes back to structure and discipline mm-hmm. and like scheduling what is important. And for me, it's mm-hmm. just like, 
money in a way. Yeah. It's, like mm-hmm. we invest our money in stocks and in mutual funds and in save, you know, you, you're picking where these, your dollars are going. But a lot of times for me personally, I'm very um, undisciplined with my time. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just assume it'll happen. Like I see Hillary all the time. Like, yeah. like we're connecting, we're doing our purpose and our calling together. Like, yeah. why do we need to like put it on the calendar that we're going to go on a date? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll go on a date, you right. know, like, and that assumption I think has hurt us yeah. in the past where to go back to probably again, just like the conflict that we have had for me personally, conflict probably comes down to me mismanaging my energy and my schedule and then being Mm -hmm. stressed out about that. And that's more my problem than it is Hillary's problem. Mm -hmm. And what is probably what I've learned the most in the last couple years of business, Mm -hmm. that if I'm stressed out of my business, if I'm stressed out of my life, it's probably my fault, not Hillary's fault. And my inability to calendar out my time to say, no, I'm not going to that meeting. I don't have enough energy to do that. And I'm going to be husband. If I go to that, I'm just going to like, just be in a bad mood. Like, so please help me help manage myself. So I guess all that being said is really scheduling and structuring our time has then we've been trying to even like, we don't do this religiously, but I would like to make it a ritual is that every Friday we plan out our week ahead. Like what meetings we have, what we're, you know, agreeing to. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, I go into that next week feeling great, mm-hmm. like about connecting with our marriage, connecting to myself, to God, whatever, instead of like, oh, wh- what are we doing today? What's on Monday? Then I'm, I'm stressed out about yeah. something. But if I'm prepared for it, um, that discipline has been like such a huge piece for right. an artistic, creative person. Totally. And for me, I'm an Enneagram seven. And so that just means mm. I'm the enthusiast. I'm excited. I like to plan things. I like to look forward to. I like to think about what's going to happen. So a date night for me is really, I probably just like think about and get excited about what could happen is probably half the fun. Um, but it allows me to give Jason the space as an introvert because I know Friday night we're going to have, you know, three hours and he'll do whatever I want. <laughs> so <laughs> I Yes, I'm like, yes, like you, whatever you want to do for the rest of the week, fine. But I at least know I have Friday night and it's happening because our nanny's coming. And even if you don't, and sometimes I will be really considered if we're both exhausted, like we'll go get a massage together, but we don't have to talk. Like I'm fine with that, but it's like, at least I just know. And to be completely honest, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's also like a gift for me that just one night, not just me, but us one night a week, we don't have to like put our daughter to bed. Like it's not that, but it's just one more thing you have to do. And like, I turn into like so much more fun when I don't have to put her to bed. I don't have to like have kid conversation. I can just like have a glass of wine and just like, totally relax and like and just Saturday's family day. Yeah. So, Saturday, so, so at least if five, you don't do that Friday night yeah. of like us connecting, you yeah. roll right into Disney. Cause we, yeah, we go to 20 Disney. minutes yeah. or 40 minutes from Disney. Yeah. And then it is kid time all right. the time. So it's like, so for me, I just need, it's twofold. It's like, yes, it's date night with Jason, but it's also like, I get to like not be a mom. I get to like be off work for like mom life for like three hours. I just get to be fun, you know, like not that I'm not fun. I'm just saying like, I get to have one less responsibility on Friday night and it's just, it's really great. So even if we like 
do something like, so sometimes it'll be like, okay, well, I'll get my nails done. You go hit golf balls. Like, and then we'll meet up in two hours, like in an hour for our two hour time. But we at least take the first hour to feel recharge. Even though it's date night, then the next two hours will be the best hours. But we really honestly try to hold true to that because it's giving, it's like this lifeline for the rest of everything else we're doing. So what, what is something that parenting has taught you in the sense of like creativity and uh, like that part of parenting? What is, what has it taught you? I think for me, Ellie, I mean, she teaches me so much. Like I honestly watch her, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just like she, I feel like she's so close to God. Yeah, like she's if you're a, a person of faith, distilling. like I just feel like she's not been tainted much by mm-hmm. the world and is just so innocent, pure creativity comes so natural to mm-hmm. her. It's just like mm-hmm. everything she does is creative. It's There's not a lot of embarrassment around it. She just does it. She sings, whether it's on key or off key, you know, whatever. Um, so I think for me, uh, definitely just like her, her childlikeness, uh, helps me just kind of like embrace my child likeness mm-hmm. of, of creativity. And then I think more than that, I was trying to think just like on the fly, what really it is. And I think her just like general trust that things mm-hmm. are going to work out in her life is interesting for me to watch, like to just be like almost all the things that we worry about are, are like not a big deal. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they seem like a big deal. Like, you know, we got to make this much money. We got to do this. We got to make sure, you know, we can pay our bills and all that, but like, they're actually not that big a deal. Like if we couldn't pay our bills, we'd buy a smaller house or we'd go build a tiny house somewhere and get off grid. And like, you can actually adjust so well mm-hmm. and so easily that like, I think just watching her life being so unstressed made me think like, can I be like that? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I can just enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can do the callings that I feel called to do, whether that's, you know, we are a curio, I'm doing some painting stuff now, like where I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually enjoying my work more by not putting the stress of control on it mm-hmm. and just allowing it to be like, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not trying hard. Like when I go to a client meeting or a pitch meeting, I'm there to close that deal or whatever, but I've taken a little bit of the stress or the responsibility off of like, I have to make it happen to do your best. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a saying, like, do what you can, not what you can't. And like, I, I don't know if that relates to Ellie, but it does in a way that like, I'm just trying to just do what I'm physically, emotionally, and like mentally capable mm-hmm. of, and then not worry about the results. So mm-hmm. I guess her, her little spirit has helped me in that mm-hmm. way. So great. So if you guys were sitting down with a, I don't know, newly married couple that wants to work together, wants to have a child, wants to work out of their house. <laughs> Are they entrepreneurs? They're entrepreneurial. They're starting a business They're together. Starting a business together. What advice would you give these young, crazy, ambitious, idealistic individuals that you were when <laughs> and you they're started? millennials too? Right. What would you tell them? I think I would just be really honest about our story. Um, but I would ask Mm -hmm. them tough questions. Like, why do you want to be entrepreneurs? What about your relationship sets you up to work together? Like, what do you ultimately want out of, you know, this working relationship? And then how are you going to handle it when the, you know, the job gets, you know, hard or one thing, because we actually do have this conversation with a lot of people. And I would just ask them really practical questions. Like, 
where's your financial state? Like, do you have student yeah, loans? Like right. people will come to us and ask us, um, you know, like, how do you do it? We want to do this. And we, I mean, so we've actually had this real conversation and Jason and I were like, we're really, really diligent in our twenties. Like we paid off all of our student loans. Like Jason did sales at Geico and was hmm. miserable and on the phone every day, like, hello, thanks for calling Geico. And like <laughs> sold policies for five years and hated his life, but bonus, like, top salesman every year because, and he just paid off our student loans and our debt. And like, it sucked. Like he'd seriously hated it, but he just, he grinded it out and people don't want to grind out like years to get to do something. We like, it wasn't this house we flipped, but the house, two houses before. (laughs) And we just like grind it out. I mean, we, Jason's all like, we're not any sense of an overnight success. (laughs) Yeah. We have grinded (laughs) it out since we were young. Like in, I mean, we're still like younger, but So I would just practically ask some questions like, do you have debt? And what does that look like? Mm. Do you have skills that actually work together? Do you have a relationship that's like healthy? Have you done the deep interpersonal work? Like, have Mm. you gone to counseling or have you been to some sort of therapist? Do you have mentors in your life? Do you have people that can keep that you can have these honest conversations with? And like, then does your business really, is it something that the world wants to pay for and Hmm. are you gonna actually be set up for success or is this gonna and then at what cost are you willing to exit the business if your marriage is gonna like crumble so that's a great question wow that that just all those questions right there would basically push people (laughs) i think anybody wanting to now will say never mind isn't that so real though like that that is real like people aren't willing yeah i I think that the I have so much to say to the millennials, but I would would say one of the things is it's like what you're talking about is that hustle, that grind for five years. I feel like there's a change in this next generation that's a lot more entitled already, like Mm. walking into the new job with entitlement instead of like knowing that they're going to have to put in the 10,000 hours, the grind, the hustle of some possibly very shitty job to then get to the next level or, you know, even a lower level position to be able to, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I just think that that's kind of lost right now. Totally. And it's like, and again, we're not trying to glorify grinding or, you know, like, Oh man, you know, we do so much work and we never get any sleep, whatever. It's like, there's just a level of that is a part of it. Like every five years, hopefully I'm not maybe grinding as much or I'm in a different way. I'm, I mean, I I almost always have a side hustle, like my whole life. Like that's just, if you want to keep that, like your creativity and your life going, like, Mm. I don't know how else you avoid it. The question is, how do you stay healthy inside of the grind? Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you will have to hustle right. and you will have to grind. So how do you then stay healthy? But I think sometimes people, like you said, want the entitlement of, I work for XYZ company and I get this amount yeah. of time off and like I clock in and I clock out. And I would say to them, if that's the life you want, that's fine. They guess, like, yeah. That's great. Lots of people build amazing lives working for companies and other people and have great callings and beautiful like work that they do. Um, So I guess I, I mean, like to answer the question for me, I would say one, it is, there is a a huge 
power to working together with your spouse. Like there's definitely like a magic to it that you can bring something really special mm-hmm. to the world. But I would then go back to what Hillary just said, put them through the ringer of all those questions. And if the answers line up mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're actually willing to count the cost of their venture, of their life, I would say, hey, maybe maybe you should explore this and yeah. give it a shot. Like, like set aside a time, a year, two years, whatever, that you're going to give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, great. If it does, awesome. Um, so I would just like affirm their desire to work together, that that's beautiful. But the actual logistics of it, that it's okay if it doesn't look like, you know, the way we did it. Because mm-hmm. kind of we are very ingrained in our everyday life mm-hmm. to the point that we have had, I feel like some extraordinary challenges with that just because of that. So if you're not equipped or you're not ready or you're not um, devoted enough to work through those extraordinary challenges that that poses working from your home with, you know, I would say like, don't do it because you are going to end up ruining your marriage. Yeah. If, you, if you don't have these things in place, you don't have the will, mm-hmm. you don't have the, um, kind of ecosystem that allows for mm-hmm. you to be healthy. So totally. How many, how many days um, that you work, do you just happen to jump in the pool? I'm just curious. Like what during the middle <laughs> yeah. of the He's obsessed I just with your house. I love it. I love your house. Oh, thanks. You can oh come gosh, stay thanks. anytime. Yes. Don't you know, be careful. Be careful. No, we, we have a guest Seriously, room always ready. Um, I, I guess sometimes. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Every once in a while. Like, in the summer. Yeah, in the summer. Or sometimes like on a lunch break, um, I'll yeah. take an hour and like um, go on a run, jump in the pool, change my clothes, get a shower, and then get back to work. So I haven't done it as much as I probably That's actually would like to. Right like there. if I can, I can build it into my rhythm, I think it's great. I've actually learned that about myself that like yeah. I can't work more than two and a half ish hours where like my brain is like on. So if I can find ways to even, I've been trying to, I do orange theory now, Mm -hmm. like, like find these ways to like break up my day and then get back to work. But like, I've just pushed myself for too long where I'm like at a desk by a computer for seven hours. And I'm not, I end up not even being productive because I'm like, my brain just kind of shuts off. Mm -hmm. So so I, I would actually like to do it more, but it's not that often. <laughs> so what are some other healthy, I mean, you guys talk about staying healthy, keeping in those um, practices with, you know, with your work and your, and what you're doing together. What are some of those practices, rhythms, things that you've been kind of really working on to make you both healthy throughout it all? I think that we can share, I, we both have really strong personalities. And so we, this is both personal and even professional, but we have this kind of rule of thumb. We've had it for like a while, but when we just get to a point where we know the conversation's not going any further, we, and like, we just aren't going to hear each other out in that moment. We just say eject. And so, um, it's this kind of That's safeguard. Like safe we, word. Yeah. It is, it's <laughs> yeah. our safe Say eject. Non-sexual. Yeah, our non-sexual. <laughs> <laughs> At all, it means we're going to kill each other. So you better run. Um, we're ready to go. Let's take a moment in the bedroom. Definitely opposite. So we, um, but it's been so helpful for both of us because one, it allows us to know, like, okay, this is pausing, and then we're going to come back together and 
share our feelings or we need to write each other afterwards but we've had to have some we'll text each other like while we're in the house but opposite opposite sides of the house because honestly like i mean i'm a very emotional person hillary you're very emotional too like you're very strong-willed yeah so like sometimes you can just tell like face-to-face conversation is just going bad yeah (laughs) and sometimes that distance of just being able to write each other text each other has helped us solve problems in a different way yeah absolutely so I would encourage people to have some sort of um, safe word, some way to say like pause. I know that I, well, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I totally messed uh, you guys all up. <laughs> I totally threw a ringer in there. Yes, yes, no, no, I love it. Um, yes, but just some sort of um, way to say like that uh, because it's very hard for you both to just like be mature enough to navigate it. And, and if if conflict is hard, and especially when it's like. We have multi, like any frustrations that we would have had at like a colleague, we have oftentimes at each other. And then we have any kind of like marriage ones and then we have parenting, con- you know? So it's like, we need the ability to know that like, we don't have to, and then we can't get away from each other because we're in the house and then you just like chase each other around and it gets nuts. So it's like, you have to be able to have like a safe place to say like, Hey, I need a moment. I'm going for a walk. We can address this in 15 minutes. Um, so that's just been a very like practical. So I think that's great for marriage, working together or not. Um, we are pretty, we have a good shell of our rhythm for life. So like Monday's team day, Tuesday's on-site client day, Wednesday's individual work day, Thursday. Jason's done this since Eliana has been born and he does daddy day. So he takes her to school, picks her up. It's kind of in the morning he writes or paints. And then he like, because we only have six months till Ellie's in school like full time. so. That was just a sacrifice. He, he took a pay cut when he was a pastor and took off Thursdays with Ellie since she was born. And we even in the business weren't willing to like give that up. So Thursdays, daddy day, Fridays, like my day with her. And then we do date night, Friday night, Saturday is family day. And then Sunday is reset. So Sunday is like anything you need to get ready for the week. If you have a little bit of work to do or so Saturday is kind of our Sabbath in essence, like it's our recharge do like life. We don't go to Disney all day. We we're the family that rolls in at like four o'clock <laughs> with our fast passes. We like, we know how to do Disney very well. Like it's, it's easy. Um, I was going to say too, like, I thought that I would hate that idea. Yes. That red, like yeah. as a creative kind of less structured person. And I've actually found it that I like look forward to it. Now, yes. It almost in the sense where I'm like, like I, safeguard I actually kind of want to schedule more of my time because yeah. now I get to say like, I need to paint X amount of hours yeah. a week. And if I don't put that in there, now it's up for grabs. Maybe I will, maybe yeah. I won't. So the rhythms, oh I think that's... This is so good for all of our creatives to hear yeah, another yes. creative say that they need to like schedule block their time. I'm like... Yeah. Yes, I'm telling you. Every single creative like pushes against that with all their inner being. And to yeah. hear it say that it actually opens up more creativity and freedom is amazing. It does. Awesome. I only wish I would do it more. And it's my discipline that keeps me from doing mm-hmm. it more. I wish I would time block ev- ahead mm-hmm. of time every week, but life just gets in the way. I would say you have 85% but... of your time time block and you're trying to get more and more intentional. Yeah. And just like, so that's kind of big picture time structure. Then the next, I think, level of our life that this year we really tried is we try to eat really healthy. Um, and we're really tried to 
just eat a cleaner diet eat because we do we do a lot of creative mental work so we really try to avoid gluten and dairy just because like we cannot literally eat gluten and then be with a client for like four we just personally get foggy so especially days we are in a workshop or something we really try to eat clean um and then exercise i would say is like the next thing mm-hmm. jason's probably doing better at this than i am right now but trying to just get at least i know it seems so minimal but at least one day a week it's like if you can't do that, you're not going to get any more. So it's like, we're trying to at least just work out one day a week and then it snowballs from there, but just mm-hmm. getting that rhythm in set. And then, like we said, date night, and then now like business strategy time. And we just, we literally put it all on the calendar and we sync our calendars. Um, but we're just really try. Um, and then one thing for the creatives out there, we, we've been proactive is Jason does these like quarterly, like Sabbath, at least one night overnight. And he, he, we just time block him and he goes away by himself and it's like to write or just rest or reflect. Um, yeah, I would say even less just creatives, but yeah. more yeah, that's true. Yeah. But both, but because being an introvert is not the dominant culture of America, like it's just not, the way that life is structured, business is structured. If you are an introvert, you have to get real good at demanding what you need as a Mm -hmm. human being to stay healthy. Um, So I I feel like I've gotten better at that, knowing my needs and then saying like, okay, I have client meetings all day. I have to go hit golf balls for an hour and a half just to literally clear the cachet of my brain. If I'm going to be at a three-day event where I'm on stage for all three days, I have to take a, a minimum two night retreat yeah. after that with nobody. And right. I have a burner phone he does, <laughs> that literally. only my wife and like close friends have my number so that I can just literally, That's I get good. rid of my notification. And if you do want the burner phone, Tello is like, it, I pay like $7 a month to have mm-hmm. just the basic uh, calls. I paid like 40 bucks for the phone and so I haven't used it as much as I'd like, but on the retreats, I'll take it just so that my brain literally yeah. shuts down. All right. Well, we got to get to our final question, which is the question we ask everybody. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? And we like each of you to answer the question individually. Sometimes couples disagree with each other to this answer. So I doubt that's the case here, but I'd love to hear your opinion. Yeah. Do you want to start or me? You can. He's like mm. sketching over there. No, he's he good. is right. He's drawing out an art piece like as we talk. like sketches <laughs> and art happening. Or he's actually writing a rap to answer yep. the question. <laughs> Franchise is back, people. Franchise. <laughs> yeah, you're up. Go. <laughs> Um, I mean, I would just say like, I'm a pretty hopeful person. Like I'm a pretty positive person. So as soon as you said that, like in my spirit, I wanted to just say like, yes, immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think that it's possible. So like literally our, our tagline of our company is expand what's possible. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say, yes, I think it is possible to do those things. Um, I just think that. It takes an incredible amount of intentionality Mm -hmm. if you want to hit all three buckets. And I would also say that you probably won't be running on 100% cylinders in all three buckets at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, 
sometimes, you know, you're really strong and you're, you're changing the world and you're making a big difference in people's lives, but you start seeing like, like Hillary is saying like, man, we don't have like a date night. And like our connection is kind of waning a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and I think that you just got to like pull back the lever yeah. from change the world a little bit and take it from a hundo to 75% and add that extra percentage mm-hmm. into your marriage. Yeah. And then there's times where the business is running good. Um, our passions are running good. Our, our marriage is running good, but we're like, man, like Ellie's had to be with a nanny for the last few days. And then like, mm-hmm. I just feel like we haven't given her enough time. And you might need to look and say like, we need to take less clients this year. Mm-hmm. Like we might not make as much money, but like, we're going to invest in Ellie. Mm-hmm. I think it's all investment. When you look at those three things that you said, you only have so much time and energy to invest. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say you just got to be a a prudent and intentional Mm -hmm. investor in all three of those areas. Mm -hmm. And you can do it. It just isn't at 100 for me personally Mm -hmm. all the time. Yes. I also think, yes, you can have all three of them. I think that that is really what we both are giving our life to is trying to discover this and kind of pave a way for people to, um, to try. And so, uh, I think that it comes with, um, great intentionality and purpose, but also great, um, honesty of what does, you know, having it all, what does fulfillment look like? Maybe it's not this picture that's been painted for us, but what does it look like for you as an individual and as a couple? And I think oftentimes we forget we write the stories. So we get to write the story of changing the world together, changing. And as individuals, we get to write the story of, you know, staying in love and we get to write to have a family and what family means and the all the roles that these things play together. So I think when we remember that we're writing, we're like the creators of the story, we can, we can change it, but we can also be super intentional about making something beautiful, but that's extremely grace filled because I think grace for self and other is so huge in trying to do something that's really, really hard. And so I think it's possible. And now it's time for the breakdown. Yes. Did you guys all take all the notes like I did? Because there was so many good, good things. Yeah. I, to be really honest, I've never taken notes during a podcast that I haven't been doing the, like if I'm listening to a different podcast, I've actually oh, never yeah, taken notes. You're usually like washing dishes or, I mean, I am. Yeah. <laughs> or like folding clothes. I guess it's hard to take Or like notes. going for a walk or you're driving or whatever, but that's it is hard. True. But maybe you could take mental notes. <laughs> maybe that's what I mean. But we took notes. I hope you took mental notes. Tell me a note I you took. I had two pages. Give me something. He said this quote, the world is a better place with you leading and you and using your gifts and talking about Hillary and um, her working. Yeah, it's a really positive thing to say in the midst of, you know, her questioning some stuff. Yeah. So I just, I think it was empowering, but I also liked how he talked about, kind of you talked about from the man's point of view that it takes a lot of the pressure off of him so that it doesn't feel like he has to be doing it all. Yeah. I actually put a big star by that too. Um, We talk about this, about that idea of like you providing for the family and that kind of thing that is like this unspoken pressure that gets put on men. Sure. 
And I'm just like, where'd it come from? Who who said this? Is this like written in stone somewhere? I don't understand where this whole came this whole thing came out of. And I don't know if it's just society and culture or whatever, but I definitely wanted you to like let go of that idea. Mm. What'd you think of the burner phone concept? Oh yeah, that was a. It okay. was actually really creative. We did thought. not have. We've never heard that. before. We have never heard that. Like I've thinking never about had that note. having a burner. I mean, burner phones are like a thing now. People are like, even in high school, I've been hearing like that's like a thing. People are selling burner phones and all that kind of stuff. But I thought it was kind of interesting to think about separating yourself from your work, your work phone. You know, iPhones. You, everything is on your iPhone. So he he's invested in this burner phone. And so that he can go away and he still has access to like emergency, or, yeah, emergency yeah. stuff, but just to have a phone to talk to someone if, if something is needed, but separating from the iPhone it's, for a minute. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, Andre, I gotta, I just gotta call you out on something. Eject, Uh-oh. the eject thing. You, you <laughs> took it in a completely wrong direction. All of their intentions were so positive, and then it went down this I whole... I got their thinking all off you, track. Yeah. It, it, it was just the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> oh, well. I also really love... I mean, we were trying to keep it clean. I'm trying to move past that one. Yeah. Um, so the gender roles, I mean, it was really a great conversation. I, I really like that. They're basically like, Hey, what are you good at? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. What are you good at? Do that. All right. That's <laughs> then how- let's work together at this. You do what you're good at. I'll do what I'm good at. And then we work together. It sounds like like the simplest, the thing simplest, ever. most practical thing. Yet we make it so complicated by taking these, um, I think a lot of like family of origin and all these different, you know, things that we've seen mm. um, and we make it so much more complicated yeah. and then we fight, we like fight all the time about it too. I was really impressed. Um, and when you asked right near the end about, okay, tell us about your rhythms. And then Hillary just like, well, she went off on two things. First, she kind of walked through the seven days how they've created, they basically, she referred to it as a shell of a rhythm. Like here's the shell of our week on these today, this day, this day, this day, this, you know, they have this consistent and they both know it and it makes things a lot easier. I'm sure in scheduling. Um, but then when we asked them about, um, when we, people want to learn from them about working together or launching something, yeah, she, whew, she had, had question so after question. I was good like, bring it. we need there. to write all those down and like put them in an Instagram post. Yes. That was really, those were really great questions yeah, to I ask was awesome. yourself before. But I also like the reminder at the end that like we get to write the story. Mm. I like that idea that... Um, Most people don't feel that permission. Yes. But they should. Their they own should. life. But especially even if it's like always been going in one direction. Sure. So like, kind of like we've talked in another podcast about that, like edit and re-edit, like you get to go back and change that if you want to change it. Yeah. And so I think it goes in the same kind of direction as this is like, okay, if the story is swerving and going in a direction that you both don't like, or that's not working for you or that you're constantly feeling tension and conflict, totally. then you get to rewrite a different story, like mm. change it up. Well, man, incredible interview. Uh, we're so thankful for Jason and Hillary DeMeo. And uh, down in Lakeland, they're basically next door neighbors. 
Check Except them out on 10 hours Instagram. Away. <laughs> Don't tease me. Check them out on Instagram. We are Curio. It's C-U-R-I-O. Mm-hmm. And uh, look at their work. It is amazing. Yeah, I feel like this conversation, it's about time to eject this conversation. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Love or Work. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.